I protect that which matters most. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. This is Sarah GL, and this is That Which Matters Most. And today I would say that this is the most important video blog podcast I've ever done. Um, and here's why. Because of all the information that I've gathered over the last 15 years, it has all led to this particular moment in time. That's not to say that anything particular has happened in this moment in time. But what it does say, it says that um, there are some reasons to pay attention. Um, again, I have um, Brother Tyrone. Williams on on the call with us tonight. And if you wanted to be on there, you could have come on and, and been on with him. I wasn't trying to uh, limit it to any particular people. I wanted people to come on. If they got questions, they can ask those questions directly of me here. Um, so with that said, um, the title of this podcast blog is The Awakening. Now that begs the question, what does that mean? Well, Tyrone, if you could, could you mute your mic for a moment? Okay, yes, sir. No problem. Beautiful, beautiful. So, the awakening, what does that mean? It's very simple. If you've been asleep and somebody wakes you up, you've been awakened. And for the most part, all of humanity has been asleep for a long, long time. I would venture to say going all the way back to ancient Egypt. But to not go that far, let's just start with since the inception of that which they call the United States of America. The, the sleep state that we all have been in goes a lot deeper than history books. History is always told by the victor. And the United States has typically been the victor in most of its um, skirmishes, at least from the historic standpoint. What does the awakening look like? As I go through this conversation, I will show you what I believe the awakening looks like. Why I don't believe we're there yet and why I believe it's going to be here a lot sooner than you think. And why is it important? Here's why. The awakening is important because we as a people on this planet, human beings on this planet of all ethnicities, at some time or another, we're a lot more advanced than we are now. And it would appear that this is one of the few times, a few dispensations, if you will, when humanity is dumber today than they were 
50 years ago. I'll go on to, to explain that as I go along as well. But I want to start with the beginning. The beginning being where I began my search, where I began my quest for knowledge, where I began my seeking of the truth. I'm, as you probably could have guessed, I am the son of a Baptist minister out of Memphis, Tennessee, Reverend Casey Sane pastor of two churches my entire youthful experience. So it's very easy for me to go on stage. It's very easy for me to pontificate. And it's really easy for me to use emotion to garner what I choose to achieve. So please allow me to be that. Amen. Um, but moving forward, the beginning for me that I can remember began probably when I was around eight or nine years old. And here's how it happened. My father was, like I said, a missionary Baptist church pastor. And the missionary Baptist church credo, if you will, was going out on mission work to save souls. Once you got past that, you know, you're on your own, <laughs> basically, all right? So my father specialized in that activity as, uh, as opposed to being a student of the religion he professed a belief in. So me being a student of religion overall, going back to when I was 9, 10, or 11 years old, it started when I was about eight, and I remember very clearly to this day going to my father and saying, hey, Dad, I got a question. And it was almost like whenever he, whenever he heard me say, I've got a question, he knew he was about to get into a conversation he really didn't want to have, <laughs> okay? So to start, I said, okay, Dad, you grew up on a farm, right? He's like, of course, you know that. You already know I grew up on a farm. What's your question? He said, well, and granddaddy's farm, um, where are the cows in the summertime? He said, out in the field. They come up to the barn every now and then, but most of the time, they're out in the field. And I said, and where are the cows in the winter? He said, pretty much in the yard, close to the barn, because they get fed through hay and, you know, that kind of deal. I said, okay, so if there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, meaning they were staying the night out in the field, how could they be doing that December 25th? I mean, I was eight, right? <laughs> and my dad was like, and the thing my dad did all the time, which I really, really respect, is if he didn't know, he didn't try to make up nothing, right? He said, I don't know, son. You're going to have to look that up on your own. That's what I did, okay? So in my studies, I found that there are certain things that don't follow historical or factual data when it comes to religion, not just Christianity, but all religions have parts of it that 
faith is required to latch on to. If you don't have faith, you will not buy in. I'm just telling you, that's just how it is. Most people don't pay close enough attention to even question those things, but I questioned them starting at about eight years old, which explains a lot, okay? I remember very clearly asking my dad, why do we celebrate a holiday that's not in the Bible? He's like, what are you talking about now, Halloween? I said, nope, Halloween just a tradition. It's not a celebration, really. It's just a, it's just a thing that people do, kind of like, you know, people who aren't his Mexican uh, practicing Cinco de Mayo, okay? Um, I asked this question a little later. I said, why do we celebrate a holiday that is not in the Bible? And he said, what holiday are you talking about? I said, Easter. What is that about? I read the Bible cover to cover 20 times, right? The word isn't there. And the only time you see it is a tr mistranslation of it's thrown in there later. So what is that about? And it really explained to me what this Easter has to do with eggs, bunny rabbits, and, and baby chicks and baby ducks. What does any of that got to do with anything, especially when it's relating to the um, trial, crucifixion, and resurrection of the historical figure known as Jesus. What does any of that have to do with anything? And of course, he didn't have any answers for me, so I went and got them. That's how it all began for me. But then when you fast forward through life, you know, sometimes when you're a kid, especially when you're an empath, or especially when you're a very cerebral person, right, you you have a tendency to throw off those um, features of your personality in lieu of being around a bunch of people who you don't want to feel out of place around, okay? So I just let all that go kind of for a long time. Suffered from major panic, panic attacks as a kid because I would go to bed thinking and wake up thinking. It was just, that was just crazy. My folks didn't know what it was. They, they didn't know how to treat it. They didn't know anything. So I would just have night terrors, all kind of stuff when I was a kid, right? Because I get in my head and, I, and it just starts manifesting. But I learned a lot about manifestation through those processes and it really helped to work through it. Most people don't work through anything. They work around things with drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever, right? And I did my share. So I'm, getting, I'm not coming off in any kind of, um, haughty way, just for lack of a better word at this moment. But let me move forward. The next time that anything relating to what I'm going to be getting into tonight, the, the, the next time anything of that nature came across my screen, if you will, was a, a little organization called Private Profits. A friend of mine who I met online, I, I only met him one time, and that was years after all of this stuff. And this was back when the internet was very new. It was a group called Private Profits, and the guy who ran it, I forget his name and everything, but he used to talk about how the government uses us in so many ways to fuel 
the economic machine, if you will. Now, that was a very interesting part of my life because it was just things that I heard that was so different. And I've always leaned towards the stuff that seems different enough for me to say, wow, that's interesting. I'd like to know more about that because I try my best not to say I know a thing is right or wrong. When I don't know it, I just believe it. And belief, just like religious belief, is something that somebody or somebodies have told you over and over and over again enough times for you to finally say, okay, I get it. I'll lock that one in, right? Even though I don't have any kind of factual data to substantiate it or very scant data at best, I'm going to go with it anyway, right? But Private Profits started me on that journey of trying to look behind the curtain, if you will. Then, while I was on tour with Jimmy Vaughn, I'll never forget it. Charlie Red, one of the backup singers, came to the back of the bus where we all hung out, of course, because that's the coolest spot in the bus. Everybody knows that. Came to the back of the tour bus and had a book in his hand. And the name of that book was Conversations with God. Okay, so I read the book front to back. When he got done, I, I gave it back to him when I finished. Then the next day I took it from him again and read it again in the bus. And virtually every day on the bus, I would read and reread this book over and over again. Now, I don't know if you know anything about the book, but maybe you should look into it. It started me on the path of trying to understand this concept known as God. All right. Then an even bigger wrench was thrown into my psyche when I came across a book by Eric Von Doniken. And the name of that book was Chariots of the Gods. Very interesting book. Very interesting by Eric Von Doniken. I suggest you read it. It goes into deep detail based on factual scientific data and historical data as to how allegedly this earth was seeded by a extraterrestrial race of humans. And they were called the Anunnaki and they seeded the earth. And the original humans viewed them as gods. And they didn't argue with them. At first they tried to, but then they realized staying in the position of Godhead kept them safe. And okay, I don't discount it, I don't deny it. I, I don't fully accept it, but I don't fully denounce it either because I don't know. As you'll see as we go through this conversation, I rarely say, oh, that's, no, that's, no, that's just not real, that's not true, I don't believe that. Because I claim to not know anything and the knowledge of that opens the world, the universe to me. And then I get to decipher what I want to hang on to and what I don't, okay?
Are you with me still? Good. Okay, now, on top of Conversations with God and Eric Von Donneken's Chariot of the Gods, um, fast forward a little further, and um, I ended up living in a home in Waverly, Minnesota. And my wife at the time and I bought that house on a lake. And that lake, I fished in it every day. I used to own a bass boat and I fished in that boat every day. I was a firefighter in Waverly. And at the time I was a firefighter in Waverly before our house was foreclosed upon, I was the only black firefighter, not only in Waverly. I was the only, I was one of three black people in Waverly. Small town, 749 people and three black people. <laughs> that's, what I used to, that's a joke I used to tell. But I was the only black firefighter in all of Wright County. So Waverly thought they were really cool. They had a black guy and they voted me unanimously. It was no up in the air numbers or nothing. It was everybody. Yes, we want Greg Sane. So yeah, I was a firefighter for a little while. But um, when we were losing our house, I came across a group of people who were called sovereign citizens. So yes, folks, I've been a part of a lot of things in my life. And in, in so connecting with these people, which are basically all Europeans or quote unquote white people who didn't have much money. And they were trying to find a way to do things to offset what the government was doing to them, right? But in reality, what they were really trying to do, the underlying motivation of the sovereign citizen movement at that time and to this day is an attempt not to overthrow the government, but to go back to a Confederate government away from the Union. That is the essence of what the sovereign citizen movement was. And every more erroneously known as black, Negro, African-American, and colored and Ethiopian, we came into that, into that knowledge through them, trying to save our homes, trying to get out of tickets, trying to get out of uh, um, all kinds of financial stress that we were under. And we were in no worse a situation than most of these poor Europeans who started this program based on truth full information, just information they didn't know, did not know what to do with. They didn't know what to do with that information. They didn't know how to use that information against the people who were oppressing them. Oppression is not uh, mutually exclusive to Moors. And we'll talk about Moors shortly as well. So being in part of that system, working with these people, I ended up losing my house Right, And when I was trying to fight for my house, I was going to choose to stay in the house whether they wanted me out of the house or not. But what happened? Wright County Sheriff Department deputies came to my house, two cars worth. Everybody else in the house was gone. And the only other person was my wife at the time. And um, I was going to stay. 
I'm going to stand on my land and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Okay. There were some people who had proven that these things worked, but the government, as usual, will find ways to usurp what you're trying to figure out. The matrix wasn't built yesterday, so they're not going to close down today. That's the way I viewed it at the time, after the fact, of course. But I digress. But anyway, I lost my house, and two cars of sheriff deputies came to escort me from my property. However, now, remember, this is Wright County, all white against one black guy, right, who doesn't want to leave his house, who unlawfully, in their mind, was staying in the house after foreclosure. There was no stress. I was stressed, of course, because I was scared, because my thought was, they're going to try to kill me. Somebody's going to shoot me because this is their opportunity. But guess what? No activity of that nature. None. Maybe because they knew I was a firefighter. I don't know. All I know is they didn't provide any untoward um, force. As a matter of fact, they were very, very mannerable. And they said, Mr. Sang, as you can tell from the notice that's on your door, that you're supposed to be vacated from this property. Grab it, whatever you think you need to grab right now, and we're gonna escort you out. You have to get in your car and you have to leave the property. So that's what I did, got my truck and left. Came back three or four days later, I had to, because I, I had some medication that I'd forgotten left in the house. So I had to go and get it. I went back in the house because they had prescribed days that you could come and move out. And I was not trying to have that. So I came back. And at the time, the sovereign citizens had me with some crazy license plates, had sent my driver's license back to the department. <laughs> Tyrone, you hear me, right? Uh, I sent it all back, everything, right? My social security card, I sent everything back, right? And I had some weird thing in my wallet that was supposed to say who I am and I'm a citizen, sovereign, blah, blah, blah. And had these weird license plates and they saw me go in the house. Either they saw me go in the house or one of my neighbors said, I think Mr. Sane is back. And that's probably what happened. But my neighbors were all pretty cool and they understood my, my plight. So they probably had been watching me because they knew I was one of those kind of guys that wasn't just going to roll over, right? So I left, went into the house, got my medication, came out, locked the door, drove off. By the time I got up to the main highway, right, right next to the Waverly Inn, Sheriff Deputy pulls behind me, pulls me over. I pull over. He said, Mr. Sane, you know you're not supposed to be in the house, right? It was like that. I said, I don't know that I'm not supposed to be in my house or not. I feel like my house was stolen from me. And he was like, look, I get what you're trying to do, but I'm not the one to be having this conversation with. My job is to keep you from doing what the law has dictated me to do, right? Keep you out of that house and arrest you if you go back in. Are you looking to get arrested? I'm like, no, why would I be looking to get arrested, right? So 
he said, um, let me see your driver's license. I don't have a driver's license. Let me see your insurance card. I don't have an insurance card. I have a right to travel on the highways and byways. Okay, you know. <laughs> so, so I, I showed him my little weird card, and he said, "These license plates are not state issue. You can't drive around with that." He said, "Here's." He said, "Look, I don't know what to do here. So give me a minute. I need you to get in the back seat." He cuffed me and put me in the backseat of the car. First time I'd ever been handcuffed. First time I'd ever been in a police car and I haven't been either since. And this was years ago, right? Years ago. So I'm sitting in the back of the car. You know, if you've ever been in a cop car, this is not fun if you're standing up. So imagine sitting in a car and the, and the seat is so close up on you so they make sure you can't move much. So I'm like this and I'm pissed off, I'm mad, I'm cussing. And I know they got a camera and I'm saying, you motherfuckers are fucking with a sovereign and all that kind of, I was all crazy, right? So 10 minutes later, no, more like 15 to 30 minutes later, I'm looking out behind me and the guy's standing on his cell phone, little flip phone, he's on his cell phone, he's talking to somebody. Finally, he flips it closed, comes out, pulls me out of the car, generally, gently pulls me out of the car, un unlatches me, um, he says, okay, Mr. Sane, here's the deal. We're going to give you a ticket for uh, driving without a license, driving without proof of insurance, and driving with fictitious plates, or whatever they call it, right? We have to impound your car right now because you can't be driving on the highway, right, with what you got going on here. And I said, all right, I guess you kidnapping. You took my car. You're taking my car now, right, and all that. He said, no, nah, I'm not kidnapping. We're just impounding your car, right? And, you know, because we let you keep on going, something happened, you know, then who do we have? What do we, what do we work with? We got no ID, we got nothing, right? I said, well, whatever. And he said, now, now get this. He says to me, is there anywhere you need to be? So what do you mean? I'll take you where you need to go. Sheriff deputy was going to take me home I'm like, no, I, I'm okay. I just live over the hill there a little bit. All right. Never took my cell phone. Nothing. And they took my car. The next day I went and paid 199 bucks to get my car from an impoundment lot. And then after they got done with the tickets and they dropped the case on the tickets, turned it into a misdemeanor trespass, and all of that went away. All right. Shortly thereafter, all of my government documents were returned to me by their uh, respective offices. And in their letters, they said, although we kind of understand what it is you're approaching, you cannot do that. You have to, if you don't want to hold on to your card, throw it away. If you don't want to hold on to your driver's license, don't renew it, but you cannot send it back to us. It doesn't work like that. Thank you. Have a great day. Luckily, they did that because now I still have the tools of the matrix. Just like if you're trying to build a house, you can't build a house if you ain't got no hammers. So it doesn't make sense to go into the house building uh, profession with no hammer. So I'll move forward with that again. You know? So next step, I came across I came across a um, website called Poofness. 
Now, I don't know if you guys ever heard of this guy. It was a guy or a woman, I don't know. But the last time they did something was 2018. I think that person may have died, but all of their information was about the same stuff that everybody's talking about now at QAnon and all that. But Poofness, the last time they posted was 2018. However, I started reading about this person or these people back in 2008. Yeah, 2008. So I've been in and out of all of this kind of stuff for 12, 13 years. So none of this that's going on now is new to me. None of it. But it seems like every time I let it alone, it rears its head again. It shows itself, if you will. So that I have to uh, deal, if you will, with it. Sometimes things come into, no, I'm not going to even try to sugarcoat it. We draw everything to ourselves. There was never a time when I wasn't trying to seek knowledge. And every time I sought it, even if I sought it subconsciously, it found its way to me. The latest thing that found its way to me was a movie, not latest, no, but one of the uh, more recent things that found its way to me was a movie called Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist was a movie about the world and the plight of the world. There's been three movies, Zeitgeist the movie, Zeitgeist uh, uh, Addendum, and Zeitgeist Moving Forward, all of which were written and directed by Peter Joseph, that guy, right? Peter is an amazing individual. I'm trying to get him on my show. I know I'm spitting in the wind because some people are just too big for me right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's cool, whatever, all right? But Zeitgeist was basically the marketing arm, if you will, for um, um, the Venus Project. And the Venus Project was a um, very interesting project um, by Jacques Fresco. Jacques Fresco was a futurist. That's what they call him. And he invented all these city plans. And, and as you can see behind him, there's all kinds of stuff that he built and, and had models for that all worked, right? And Jacques Fresco was an amazing, amazing man. Amazing. And I just personally thought he was over the top amazing. And that movie started me on another path about where we could go, what we could do if we actually said we're going to do it. All of the problems of the world can be solved within 30 days. Why? Because they have the technology already and money is not a problem. If money was a problem, how come every time something happens, they find the money for it when they want to? Right? So move forward. 
my awakening continues. Where does my awakening take me at that point? Well, guys, as you can see behind me, there's a flag that you would say is the flag of Morocco. It is actually the Moorish flag, and it's also the flag of America. Because all of America and the adjacent islands are part of the Moroccan Empire via treaty. Now, you can argue with me about that all you want. I don't care. Because your argument is based on belief and not factual data. I'm going to go with what I see, if you don't mind, right? If you don't mind. Now, all of that began for me with a brother named Hakim Bey, B-E-Y, a.k.a. Morpheus. Morpheus gave me the name Seraph. Seraph is a singular name for an order of the angels called the Seraphim. And I don't know if any of you guys saw the movie with uh, John Travolta called uh, Michael, where, where he's sitting there eating a big giant bowl of frosted flakes with big old angels' wings and, you know, dirty T-shirt and cussing people out. And they were like, you don't act like an angel at all. And he says, I'm not that kind of angel. Well, neither am I. Neither am I. My concept of angelic being is one of strategic warfare. And that warfare, because I'm not 25 anymore, that warfare is based on psychological warfare. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know the rest if you've ever been to church. So Morpheus gave me my first primer, if you will, into the Moorish Science Temple of America. And needless to say, that changed my life. That individual right there is Prophet Noble Drew Ali, peace be unto him. Noble Drew Ali changed the landscape of all so-called Negroes, Blacks, African-American, and Coloreds forever and ever. He literally changed it. If you want to look it up, Go to msta1913.org. Over 100 years of service in the great program of uplifting fallen humanity. So if you've been on my Facebook page, if you've been on my Twitter and all that, you've seen who I am. I am Sarah GL. My mother and my father, not knowing who they were, named me Gregory Sane. If you look at my driver's license, which I don't have on me, but it's all capital letters because that denotes a corporately colored entity, not the skin, not the flesh, not the blood, not the bone, but 
the corporate entity known as Gregory Sane. And who's in charge of that company? I am. Do I use that company? Yes, I use it in commerce. And you have no choice if you live in the United States or live anywhere in the world for that matter, because you cannot function in this planet, on this planet without commerce. That commercial matrix is where we are, folks. <laughs> okay? And they've been raping us since the day they decided to take slavery in the United States and make it not just for, it's not just for coloreds anymore. <laughs> okay? Slavery lumped every human being in the United States into it with the 13th, 14th Amendment. You don't believe me? Look it up. And how did they enslave you? And that's the worst part about it. So many Europeans, so many uneducated, small-minded Europeans who are under the impression that people who look like me are their problem. The worst slave you can be is the slave that does not know they are a slave. Especially when the word slave comes from the word Slav, which means the original slaves were people that the Moors held captive back during the Renaissance period and prior to. But I digress. But anyway, that's how I became knowledgeable of who I am. Who am I? I am Seraph GL. That G, period, that G, period, is there for me to allow you, who have known me my whole life, known me a few years, whatever, you can use the titles that you choose. You can call me Greg. You can call me G. You can call me G Sharp. That's my stage name. Yes, I'm a professional musician, Grammy Award winning songwriter. G Sharp, right? Greg Sane is what people called me all the way through elementary, all the way through college. Greg Sane, Greg Sane. They always say my whole word, whole name. Because it's two syllables, probably. But that's what, you can call me that. You can call me G Sharp. You can call me G Dog. They call me that in college a lot, right? My mom and my dad and my my sister still to this day call me Gregory. My mom and dad don't because they passed on. They transitioned. May they rest in peace. You can call me Gregory. I'll answer to that. But if you call me Seraph, that's you respecting who I am, not what I've been called. My mom used to tell me all the time. She said, Gregory. It ain't what they call you, it's what you answer to. That's deep. That's deep. <laughs> Let me say that again for the folks in the back of the church. It ain't what they call you, it's what you answer to. Because what you answer to is who you are. And if you choose to answer to more than one moniker, you can. That's why whenever I hear the N-word, It falls off my back like water on a duck because it's useless to me. I see no use for it, not to mention the word was originally used to denote ancient proto-Europeans that they call troglodyte inwards. <laughs> Look it up, folks. See, I'm going to ask you to look a lot of stuff up because I'm not here to educate you. I'm here to tell you my story. And you can either use my story or not. But I 
went into deep meditation before I started this call. And I wanted to make sure that what I say not be a hindrance, but a help to everyone listening. So whenever you listen, however you listen, I hope it's a help. Now, let's move into the next step. That next step, now remember, all this stuff ties together. I will tie it together, trust me. Nasara. N-E-S-A-R-A. Nasara. You may ask yourself, <laughs> what is Nasara? What is Nasara? Right? What is it? Where does it come from? Who came up with this stuff, right? Nasara. Announcement now. Nasara stands for National Economic Security and Reformation Act. Now you can look up that and you can look up the history. Type in history of Nasara and you'll read this whole thing where all of this stuff was net allegedly put into play. It was signed into law. It was supposed to be implemented. It was supposed to be implemented on September 11th, and it didn't happen because they brought down the towers to eliminate it and remove a lot of information from the uh, build, Building 7, which was not hit by a plane, but went down shortly thereafter. Hmm, nobody seems to want to talk about that. Now let me tie Nasara, allegedly supposed to be enacted in 20, um, I forget the year, 911, okay? And it didn't happen, right? Well, there's a lot of reasons why it didn't, right? A lot of the information was in the, in the bank vault in Building 7, right? The OPPT, we'll talk about that in a second too, they talked about that, right? But again, that happening slowed down the process, right? But here's what Nasara does. It forgives credit card, mortgage, and other bank debt due to illegal banking and government activities. When I was losing my home, my argument in court was the entire mortgage was fraudulent, which meant that the entire um, um, Foreclosure on that mortgage was a lie on its face. It was fraudulent. It was fruit from a poisonous tree. They weren't trying to hear that. They took my house. But anyway, it forgives credit card, mortgage, and other bank debt due to illegal banking and government activities. Imagine, folks, if your credit card debt, your mortgage, and other bank debt was suddenly gone, you're suddenly in a much better position financially than you were yesterday. It abolishes income tax. Did you know that the federal income tax is voluntary? It abolishes the IRS, which is not even a federally funded or federally mandated entity. The IRS is an office based out of Puerto Rico and is a privately owned muscle in of the Federal Reserve. It abolishes the IRS, creates flat rate, non-essential new items only sales tax revenue. It increases benefits to senior citizens. It returns constitutional law. 
constitutional law, if you return to constitutional law, that kind of changes everything immediately. But because you have to look up constitutional law. Establishes new presidential and congressional elections within 120 days after Nassara's announcement. Because this particular election coming up is November 3rd, right? People have assumed that today and leading into this week is, you know, the date that is supposed to go into effect. There's supposed to be an announcement, if you will, but maybe they don't want to make an announcement because people overall have a problem with too much change, even if it's good change. People go nuts, right? So that's probably what they're doing if they're going to do it at all. Again, I'll explain to you what I mean by that as we move forward. It monitors elections and prevents illegal election activities or special interest groups, hmm, like lobbyists. It creates new US treasury currency called rainbow currency backed by gold, silver, and platinum precious metals. You do know that the dollar originally was backed by gold and silver. And it hasn't been since 1913 when Calvin Coolidge allowed allowed the um, those gentlemen who started the Federal Reserve, to put it lightly, to put it nicely, I should say. It returns constitutional law to all our courts and legal matters. Again, the main constitutional law is do no harm. So in other words, if I'm driving 150 miles an hour in the suggested speed zone of 55, I have done no one harm. You cannot give me a ticket until I hurt somebody. It allows us to be adults. All right. It initiates new U.S. Treasury bank system in alignment with constitutional law. It eliminates the Federal Reserve System, which is neither federal and it has nothing in reserve. It's a privately owned corporation owned by banking families. Basically, the biggest cartel in the United States, dare I say the world. It restores financial privacy. Hmm. Now I'm interested to see how you create a currency that's not paper, it's all you know digital, and maintain privacy. Well, you heard of the blockchain? All right. Restrains, retrains, retrains all judges and attorneys in constitutional law, ceases all aggressive U.S. government military actions worldwide. Let me touch on that for a second. I'm going to stop sharing my screen for this one. So many people I know spent years of their life in the service of the military. I commend you. That's all I'm going to say on that but you do realize that you were used by your government to take stuff from other people. And like a bully too, because you don't ever try to take stuff from somebody that can kick your ass. Right? You go over bowing and scraping to Russia. You go over bowing and scraping to North Korea. 
China. War is a racket. Smedley Butler said that. War is a racket. Take money out of war, there's no more wars. Jacques Fresco from the Venus Project put it best. When you eliminate money, you eliminate 99% of all the problems and the crime in this world. You eliminate money. You know, kind of like defund the police, where you use a catchphrase, those are really bad choice of words, marketing-wise, because one thing about Republicans, they know how to market to their people. Democrats always assume people are smarter than they actually are. It's kind of a snub, you know, snobbish kind of deal. I don't aspire, I don't um, connect myself to either one of those parties. Wing left, wing right of the same vulture. But I digress. Um, establishes peace throughout the world. Peace. But then there are those who are Christian who will say they look in the book of Revelation that the Antichrist ushers in peace, peace, peace. You can find some way to make anything bad if you want to. That's all I'm going to say on that. Initiates first phase of worldwide prosperity, prosperity distribution of vast wealth, which has been accumulated for many decades. Here's what that means. Many countries, Great Britain, um, Russia, China, United States, you know, the, the, you know, industrial, leading industrial powers have been moving gold around for years and years. And a few people allegedly, like the Bush family, stole tons, tons of gold and tried to store it, I think in Paraguay. And from what I'm to understand, all of the stolen gold around the world has been recovered. And that's what this new rainbow currency is going to be backed by, gold and silver. Now, I don't own any gold. Gold has always been financially out of my reach, but I, I've had some silver in my day. I might or might not have a little now. But I do know that all of these things are moving. The prices are moving. The debt clock I heard was going backwards. I've never seen that before. See, there are certain things you can look up, you can check, right? Also, Nasara releases enormous sums of money for humanitarian purposes, enables the release of new technologies such as alternative energy devices, also medical technologies that allegedly have been around for centuries that we have not been allowed to use. Why? Because there's no money in, I mean, how do you gonna, <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to have a pharmaceutical industry and you everybody never gets sick, right? I mean, I can give you one right now, real simple. Won't cost you a dime. May, maybe it'll cost you a dime. I'm going to type in right here, frozen lemons, cancer. This is how frozen lemons help defeat diabetes, cancer, and obesity. Lemon has been a part of our food life for ages, till 
Till date, we have been using them in form of juice or slices. Today, we're going to tell you about another form of it that's good for people suffering from cancer, obesity, and diabetes. It has been proven that the peel of lemon contains more nutrients than the juice, and it contains compounds that fight against many diseases. The best way to get maximum benefits is to freeze them, grate, and use. Here's how. Look it up, guys. Free of charge. Free of charge. You're welcome. But that's what Nasara is allegedly about to do. But I've known about Nasara since they first mentioned it years ago, at least 10 years ago. So when it popped back up recently, I was like, here we go again. Every time I get out, they pull me back in. <laughs> and here I am again listening to people talk about Nasara. And guess who brought up Nasara? This group I was also a part of called the OPPT, the One People's Public Trust, right? If you go to i-uv.com forward slash OPPT forward slash absolute, you can read what they they were about but their the basis of their information was about um um uccs which i heard about back in my sovereign citizens days i followed all this stuff for years folks that's my point my point is i've been on top of all of this for several several years so when i hear stuff i don't get excited anymore right? I don't get fired up about it. I listen, I pay attention, I keep it moving. I take in what I believe to be true based on the knowledge, the factual data that I have acquired. And if I don't buy it, I let it go. I roll out, roll out, right? That's what I do. But here's what I do know. For Nasara to work, hear me out. If Nasara is to be real, if it's going to fix what is wrong, right what has been wrong. I've heard people talk about reparations. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute when I get onto Black Lives Matter. I'm gonna show you guys something. And most of you, I would assume, have never heard of it. Never. But a lot of states, a lot of states have done proclamations. A lot of states have done proclamations. And those proclamations were groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. What do I mean by that? Because of the fact that nobody reads and nobody seems to care because they don't read, right? Then they don't, okay, let me give you an example. Georgia House Resolution 1203. I'm gonna share my screen again. I'll be sharing my screen a lot here in a second, okay? So just bear with me. 
legis.ga.gov, legislature, 2013-2014, House Resolution, House Resolution 1203, by Representative Thomas of the 56th Congressional District in the state of Georgia, the state where the Ku Klux Klan's, yeah. A resolution recognizing January 8th through the 15th, 2014 as Moorish American Holy Week at the state capitol and for other purposes. And I read, whereas the Moorish Americans whose ancient forefathers are the mothers and fathers of the human family. Let me just repeat that line. The Moorish Americans whose ancient forefathers are the mothers and fathers of the human family stand in these days as a comedy of descendants from the ancient Moabites and Canaanites who were permitted by the old pharaohs of Kemet, in other words, Egypt, to traverse from East Africa and later formed kingdoms extending from the northwestern and southwestern shores of Africa and the Atlantic Islands onto the present day continental Americas. And whereas the Moorish Americans are teaching their people their true nationality and divine creed that they may become better citizens and know that they are not Negroes, colored folk, black people, nor Afros, because these names were given to slaves by slaveholders in 1779 and lasted until 1865. In this era of time, as all nations are seeking peace, the indigenous, let me say that word again for Tyrone sitting in the back, the indigenous, Moorish peoples of the Americas are now united to link themselves with the family of nations. How do you get reparations? You have to be a nation. They created a nation called Israel in 1948 for the specific purpose of the United Nations being able to provide them restitution and reparations for the atrocities of World War II and Nazi Germany. And we still talking about crayon colors. But I digress. And whereas the Moorish Americans being Aboriginal, hold up, what? What? Being Aboriginal to the territories of North, Central, and South Americas have formed a sovereign theocratic government and guided by the com command principles, command principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice through virtue of the universal right to self-determination as well as with the declarations on the rights of indigenous peoples guaranteed in the Charter of the United Nations. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, if Barack Hussein Obama or Barry Soe, whatever the y'all want to say his name is, 
I don't care what you call him. I don't care what you want to do with him. I don't care what you want to say about him. You can say he's gay. You can say his wife is a man. You can say all this craziness. And you can say as a quote unquote black person that Barack Obama didn't do nothing for black people. If he did nothing else, he stood between the double doors with the Moorish flag, the flag of America. He stood between the double doors with a flag on both sides. The Moorish American flag, the American flag, the only flag thousands of years old of this land called America and the Star Spangled Banner which is a maritime commerce banner combined to create the United States of America. Look on the back of a dollar. You got the Moorish science on the left and you got the American commerce on the right. Y'all ain't trying to work with me today, but that's all right, church. We gonna go on and preach anyway, all right? He gave us two things. He, he announced, that Morocco was the first empire that recognized the United States as a sovereign nation. Why? Because we gave them the charter. We started the original treaties with Morocco and the 13 colonies. All right. But he also showed you about the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Do you think, who do you think they're talking about? so-called Indians? Whereas on January 8th, 1886, Noble Drew Ali was born in the state of North Carolina and became the first patriot, uh, patriarch, is what it should be, of his Moorish American people. And in 1912 was anointed El Hajj Sharif Abdul Ali, by the head of Egypt and holy city of Mecca to return to the United States as the last prophet and founding father of the newly risen nation of Moorish Americans. On January 15, 1865, slavery was abolished in the United States with the congressional ratification of the 13th Amendment and the Moorish Americans through self-determination are unfolding as a pure and clean nation. They are who their forefathers were yesterday. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the House of Representatives that the members of this body recognize January 8th through the 15th, 2014, as Moorish American Holy Week for cultural appreciation and affirmation. Be it further resolved that the clerk of the House of Representatives is authorized and directed to transmit an appropriate copy of this resolution to the public and the press. More standing in truth, folks. Public statues at large, the United States of America, organization of the government in 1789 to March 3rd, 1845, arranged in chronological order with references to the matter of each act and to the sub subsequent acts of the same subject, copious notes of the decisions Courts of the United States, full general in index to the whole work in the concluded volume. 
You may ask yourself, why is he talking about so much about the Moors? Why is in 1933 Legislative Journal House, page 5759, resolution number 75, Mr. Witkin, Mr. Speaker, I desire at this time to call up resolution number 75. Many sons and daughters of the proud and handsome race which inspired the architecture of Northern Africa and carried into Spain the influence of his artistic temperaments have become citizens of this nation. In the city of Philadelphia, there exists a Moorish American society made up of Moors who have found here the end of their quest for a home and of the children of those who journeyed here from the plains of Morocco. Y'all ain't trying to hear me because Morocco was an empire. It wasn't just a state. It wasn't just a place. Are you feeling me today? Y'all ain't feeling me today. I'm saying all of this for a very particular reason. Very particular reason, folks. Because all of this ties in to Nasara through the titles of nobility. Guys, I, I you know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time tonight. What time is it? Almost 10 o'clock, hour and a half. I got plenty of time. But I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go through these next pieces real quickly because that's how quick they need to go because they're useless really in, in, in my mind, all right? Q, Anon. QAnon is a group of people who got together recently trying to talk about some stuff that they've been talking about for years and years and years. And now they've used a PSYOP. You know what a PSYOP is? You know what a PSYOP is? Psychological operations, right? They're using a PSYOP and they got, they've gotten smart enough to use Q as a basis to making this whole thing look like Donald Trump is the savior of all mankind. And all he's really trying to do is get another bid four years. Because Southern District of New York is going to try to put him in jail. And I don't blame him. I'd do anything I could to stay out of jail. Am I saying he's the most evil person on the planet? No, I don't know if he's evil or not. I met him once. Talked to him for like a minute and a half. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> That's all it took for me. But most of these people who are calling him the risen savior are the same people who called Obama the devil. These people are nuts, guys. And if you watch this and you're one of them nuts, I mean, the first step to healing is to admit you're a fool, admit you're crazy, right? Some things don't have any technical term. Like Chris Rock says, what happened to just good old fashioned crazy? Right? Okay. Now, but QAnon has been putting out all these drops. And a lot of this stuff is originally was military level stuff. You couldn't just decipher it. But recently, a lot of things are getting more and more, you know what I mean? So Nasara, the first time I heard of Gusara, G-E-S-A-R-A, was during this current incarnation of QAnon. QAnon, Anonymous, all these people are basically the same people. Now, I don't know if they're legit or not. It's just another opportunity to try to put my mind over here as opposed to over here, right? But let's just go forward. 
Gassara means global. So they're talking about a global reset. If they do it, hallelujah. I'm with it. But the question is, who is heading it up? And when they get done allowing us to be who we are, because most of us just want one thing. And here comes that part where I'm not that kind of angel again. Most of us just want one thing. Leave us the fuck alone. Period. In that order. Anyway, but Gassara is the you know, whole thing, part of the awakening, right? And the first shall be last and last shall be first. What does that mean? That means that small countries or impoverished countries that don't have enough for people to eat regular meals, they're going to get worked on first. United States has the most to give, so we have to give all so that they can live and function. Now, let's move forward. So, because all of the so-called pandemic, and this is just my opinion, but all of this so-called pandemic never has and probably never will be big enough to warrant shutting down Las Vegas, New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Miami, Dallas, Houston, all the major economic centers of the entire United States of America, shut them down before there was even a thousand cases. They couldn't predict how many cases there were going to be unless they just used some predictive numbers. But to say we're going to shut down the world for this when we didn't shut down nothing for swine flu, SARS, none of that. We don't shut down the country. We don't shut down the country during flu season where thousands of people die every year. More people die every year from tuberculosis. So I'm not saying people aren't getting sick and dying because they are. I personally know some people who probably will never physically be the same again because of this virus. I know some people lost their grandparents and parents behind this. People are popping up in government with it. So do I hang out? No, I've been social distancing for the last 15 years. It ain't nothing for me to be at home. I don't like people and I don't go nowhere unless I'm trying to get paid, All right? So it's nothing for me to be at home. But when you're standing on your rights, it's got nothing to do with rights. It comes down to constitutional law. If you knew the constitution, you would know do no harm. If you even believe that you being out next to somebody could cause them harm, you don't do it. Period. When in doubt, don't do it. It's kind of like a man with a woman. If you want to know how to treat a woman right, ask her questions. Ask her what she likes and doesn't like. If she likes it, do it. If she don't like it, that's right. Don't do it. <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> That's how you win, right? You're trying to win, right? You're trying to stand up for something. Some battles ain't worth dying on that hill. I'm just saying. Now, you got that virus thing going on, and then George Floyd is murdered in full view. I could do two hours on just that on all the information and data I've gathered with all of that case. 
but and I'm in Minneapolis, St. Paul. So I'm right on top of it. So I have some information, but I don't even want to get into that because here's what I want to get into. Black lives matter. Do black lives matter? Well, given what you've heard me say in this, if you've been paying attention, there's no such thing as a black life. And if there's no such thing as a black life, that means that what? No, black lives do not matter because there is no such thing as a black life. Moorish lives matter, just like European lives matter. All lives do matter, folks. So don't get mad when people say all lives matter because they're trying to tell you, hey, idiot, you're not black. When you say that, you're forcing me to say that you're, you're a minor. You're not a minority based on numbers. You're a minority because you're a minor. My last podcast from That Which Matters Most Not Me, if you go to my podcast right here, That Which Matters Most Not Me, you go click on the podcast, click here. When you click there, it takes you to my podcast, right, on anchor.com and also on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Copy RSS. I'm also on... Um, uh, Apple, iTunes, I, I, whatever. But my last one was called The Children. Are you a minor or are you of the age of majority? Look up the word minority in law and it will tell you who a minor is and why we, Blacks, Negroes, African Americans, and Coloreds, are called the minority because we're minors. We're wards of the state. We don't know who our parents are, and we don't know where we are. So typically, when you're a ward of the state, that means you might be in an orphanage. And if you're in an orphanage, you don't tell them how they'll treat you. They don't give a shit. Police officers' job is not to protect and serve. That's a slogan. Their job is to enforce policy and protect the rights of property owners. If you're still calling yourself black, which is a slave term, guess who the property owner is? It ain't you. So you're you're the enemy. And guess what else, so-called white people? You've given away your nationality, your blood rights, your blood, your birthright, and your consanguinity as well. When you call yourself white, you're a minor. You never heard them use the term white people are the majority. No. Because white is a status. Black is a status. When you give yourself these slave brands, you're taking away who you are. You're dishonoring your father and your mother. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Jeez. Really? There you are, the children. When you go to thatwhichmattersmost.me, click on the podcast, you find this, my podcast page. All of my podcasts from the very beginning of me doing this. I've been doing this for a minute, right? I've been doing this for a minute. Here's the first one. African-Americans ain't from Africa. 
Y'all better come on, look at them, man. You better hear me today. And then you go to my vlog, the videos. It takes you to discover.tv, my profile, Seraph GL. Look at this. Opinion is really the lowest form of human knowledge. It requires no accountability, no understanding. The highest form of knowledge is empathy, for it requires us to suspend our egos and live in another's world. It requires profound purpose larger than the self kind of understanding. And my latest one, the children. The children. That's my last podcast I did before this one. This one's the first live one I've done in forever. That which matters most about me. That's where you go to find my stuff, right? And oh, hold on, hold on. Let me share my screen again. If you are so inclined, here comes the pitch. Get ready. And the pitch. If you're so inclined, become a member. Become a member. $5 a month, early access to episodes. $10 a month, early access, bonus episodes. VIP patron, early access, monthly AMAs, bonus episodes. It will help out. You think this flag flying behind me flying because I just, what it mean? <laughs> no. That's not how it works. It takes a little something, something to make that happen. Membership has its privileges. Patreon.com forward slash ServGL. $5, $10, This was shown before anybody saw it because the membership, right? Video here, discovered. That which matters most, podcast here. But you go here to find it all. That which matters most dot me. All right. Now, Black Lives Matter, they don't, because there's no such thing as a black life. Stop doing it. Stop it, folks. Stop. And guess what else? There's an organization that's pumping money into it, headed up by George Soros, a guy who's trying to pump money into eliminating a lot of situations that you call freedoms. Do I know the guy? No, never met him. But I want to know one thing. Regardless of what his politics are, why is it that every time Moors put together any kind of movement, some European, usually somebody from outside the United States, slips in, adds some dollars, and all of a sudden they're trying to mold how it goes. Guess where money raised by Black Lives Matter is going to, to help support Joe Biden? A wing of the vulture. When we as Moors in the United States of America, which includes Mexicans, Hispanics, which is another illegal term, Indians, another illegal term, right? Puerto Ricans, all that kind of stuff. We're all the same people. We're all Moors, right? If all Moors decided we want one thing on the ballot, if that's not in your, pro your platform, we're getting rid of your ass. And you know what that one thing is? Rep-a-fucking-rations. Now, I'm not a big fan of the term reparation because as an etymologist, the study of the origin of words, I know that I don't need to be repaired because I'm not broken. The system is broken, right? Don't give me 
reparations for an ill you did to my people. Give me restitution, restoration. You need to restore what was ours. Oh, mm. that means some people might lose some shit. But we have never been the people who seek to take from another nation of people. We did back in the day, which is probably why we played the karmic debt for what we had to go through in slavery. Because the original slaves were, were Europeans and we did some atrocities to Europeans that we paid for now, but it's time for us to get our check. Y'all got y'all's for 400 years. Time for us to get a check. Time for you to pay your debts. And don't mean you gotta lose your shit because the bottom line is Nasara is going to float the boat so that everybody wins. Because if everybody, I'm gonna give you a very simple number. If everybody in the United States of America were to receive $10,000 a month, everybody, $10,000 a month. If you're 14 and older and you receive $10,000 a month, that's $120,000 a year. Everybody in the United States had that? Crime goes to nothing. Racism goes to nothing. First of all, you can't be a racist if you can't control nothing. Ku Klux Klan don't make policy unless the people that are making policy are in the Klan. Southern Europeans with no money and no time and, 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 and no education with no teeth ain't creating policy that affects people. They don't create policy. Politicians create policy. And as soon as we learn that this fight between Moors and their children, that's right, between Moors and their four children, F-O-R-E, children, is fictional and they stop doing this and start doing this oh boy oh boy so it all comes down to is it a psyop is black lives matter and nasara and ku klux klan and black panthers and all all these psyops designed so that we don't ever figure out what's really going on? Is it just all part of the matrix? The matrix wasn't started yesterday. I want it to be over though. So the future, what do I see for the future? I see nothing but positivity. Why? Because of all the things that I choose to have faith in, I have faith in the positive nature of the universe. I have faith in that. I have faith that my ancestors didn't pass away all the way going all the way back to Noble Drew Ali, all the way going all the way back to ancient Egypt. They didn't pass away to, to just be sitting around watching television. No, they passed away to intercede. And when the time is right, things go down and there's nothing you can do to stop it. it. A woman who's in her ninth month of pregnancy, all the, all the armies, all the banking, all the money in the world can't stop that baby from coming when it's coming. A sister just got shot here in Minneapolis not long ago. Dead, pregnant, nine months, shot, dead. They delivered that baby. She passed away. That child has no mother and father. We haven't, haven't heard anything about the father. He might be around. I don't know. But that sister's dead. 
and her baby lives on. That's the future. The future is we've already fucked up the United States of America. We've already fucked up the world. Hopefully they can fix it. And if they can't fix it now, hopefully my son will live. And Tyrone's children, if he has any, I don't know. Um, hope, hope, yeah, okay. Hopefully his children will help fix this shit. Because we've done a lot to fuck it up. So, I mean, that's that's where we are, man. And and I I do this once a week. I've been okay. trying to do, I've been trying to do this once a week, and um, typically it's on Fridays. But today I I was told from um, a um, a number of sources that today was supposed to begin the announcements about Nasara and Gasara. Now, I believe that there's a lot of things already starting to roll out. They're just making them really quiet. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people have been allowed to um, not pay their mortgage for like six months. You are Moorish American. You're a mm. Moorish American Asiatic of the original peoples, the Moabites and the Canaanites that created all humans on this planet. That's why I said when, when the Moors are fighting with their children, that's just dumb. Yep. That's yes. just dumb. Yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, yes. And again, ain't no shame in my game. Anybody ask me, I'm telling them. And if they say black in front of me, I'm going to shut them down every time. And if a oh, white yes. person says white in front of me, I shut that down too. You're European, dude. Mm. I ain't from Europe. Okay, I didn't say you were from Europe. I know where you were born. But that doesn't make you an American. It makes you a, like say, say your mom and dad are European and say um, your dad is, is Swedish or Norwegian and your mom is German, all right? You can connect them if you want or you can just use either one as the Swedish American, Norwegian American, German American. The German is your nationality, blood right, birthright, and, uh, uh, bloodline, birthright and consanguinity. The American part is where you are naturalized. Yes, yes. You're not a native. You're not indigenous. You're just mm. naturalized here in America via no. the United States government, mm -hmm. right? But you ain't got to say all right. right. You just say, I'm a European American. Be done. Right? Yep. Or I'm a Swedish American, right? You're right, bro. Save yourself some time and energy because the problems are coming. And they're going to want to know, oh, yeah. who are you? Oh, yes. Right? Oh, yes. The, 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 uh, the, the biblical character Moses said, what should I call you? Right? Mm -hmm. And yod hey vav hey said, I am. <laughs> yeah. I am who I am. I am <laughs> that. I am. Yes. That's why whenever you hear me write or see, hear me say or see me write, I am, I always write it in exclamations, like big letters. Yes. I am. Because those two words are the beginning of creation. Everything you want to make in your life started with I am. I am a teacher. I am a singer. I am a facilitator. I am rich. I am powerful. Those two words is like unlocking a door. Use them, people. Use them. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
because everything that we are doing was given to us by those that Eric Von Donnegan said came from the sky. Why do you think whenever we think about heaven, we look up? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So if you have any questions, you can ask them. Otherwise, I'm going to end it, man. It's 10, 20. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go sit outside. I know, yeah. I'm about to get into this. You know, side of bed, but uh, I see, I'll shoot you some messages and questions uh, sometime tomorrow. That'll work, brother. And I'm always here to help. You already know that. I appreciate you, brother. All right, brother. And again, um, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the awakening. Are you ready for it to happen now? Then make it happen now. Because nobody and no thing is going to give you you. You have to go get you and present you so that you don't have to be re-presented. With that said, I am Seraph GL, and this has been The Awakening, which I believe to be that which matters most and is always imparting love, peace, truth, freedom, and justice. I'm out. I protect that which matters most.